Well, good morning, Open Door. How are you guys? Good. Can you do me a quick favor? Can you turn to somebody next to you and say, hey, I'm so glad you're here. Okay, now turn to your second choice, the one you really wanted to talk to, and tell them, I'm really glad you're here too. So my name is Junior, and I get to be part of Recovery Church Movement, which Recovery Church just celebrated, North 40, just celebrated three years this week. Come on. God is moving in this area. And and by the way, the reason why I, I have people say, I'm so glad you're here, it's because Many of us, especially from Recovery Church, um, have been told that we actually don't want you here. We, we don't want you around, or, or we didn't feel welcome at church. And so sometimes there's somebody that's sitting in the room right now who maybe hasn't heard in a while just how much they mean to someone, and maybe haven't heard the word say, I'm glad you're here. So therefore, I love to tell people, especially when we come together, is, man, I'm glad you're here. So every single person in this room right now, if you've been walking through a rough week, I just want you to know, not only am I glad you're here, God is glad that you're here, and God is going to speak to you today. So let me pray for us, and then we'll jump right in. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for every single person that's in this room right now. God, I thank you that, Lord, you love them. Lord, you love them so much that you sent your son to die for them. God, if it's their first time here, you've been waiting for them. So, God, I just pray that tonight, Lord, or today, Lord, that you would open up their hearts and that you would remove um, any, anything that can block them from receiving the word that you have for them. God, I pray that if their hearts are hardened right now, that you would soften their heart. And just for the next few minutes, Father God, that they would be open to receiving what you want to speak to them. God, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would speak because, Lord, my words have no power without yours. Speak to your children today, especially exactly what they need to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, guys, uh, I was told second service I get two hours, so I hope y'all are ready. This is going to be great. Somebody, somebody in the back like, yeah. Somebody else is like, they ain't telling me that. I'm not, I'm not sitting around here for two hours. But, uh, but my name is Junior, and my wonderful wife, Mandy, is here with me. Can you guys give it up for my wonderful wife, Mandy, who traveled up here with me? She is the one that helps me write these messages, and she goes over them. And she was so nice yesterday that she actually preached the message to me so that I could hear how it sounds. Come on, my wife is amazing, and I'm so grateful for her. And uh, by the way, so if the message is good, it was me. If it's bad, it was her. She did it. Uh, Wait, that's backwards. I mean, if the message was bad, it was me. I delivered it wrong. And if it was good, it was her because she helped me write it. Is that the right way? That's the right way. Okay, amen. So we're excited that we get to be here with our Minnesota family. And by the way, Minnesota, I just want to let you know, we are family. Okay? See, the same blood that saved you saved me. So therefore, we are blood brothers and sisters. Amen? Come on. And if that's not enough, this is my fourth time here, and I've weathered all of your seasons. So if nothing else, that should qualify me to be part of this family, okay? We were here over the summer, me, my wife, and my kids, and we drove up to Duluth. And as we were driving, we heard somebody say something on the radio that rang true to us. The person said, the coldest weather I've ever experienced was a summer in Minnesota. 
So true. Come on, we had jackets on. It gets cold out here in Minnesota, even in the summertime. But we're excited that we get to be here with our Minnesota family. And I just want to say, man, I'm so grateful for your pastor. Uh, pastor Steve is an incredible leader and teacher. Can you guys give it up for your pastor? He, he and his wife, Deidre, sacrificed so much. Your leader sacrificed so much so that you guys can have an opportunity to come here and learn and fall in love with Jesus. And by the way, last week, Pastor Steve brought an incredible message about the belt of truth with this armor of God. And by the way, I just want to let you know, I was going to come wearing this today. I'm like, what is a good way to come in and get people's attention? I was going to wear this, but your weather is so unpredictable, I couldn't do it. But the armor of God, right? Come on, this mannequin's awesome. He was talking about the belt and how the belt of truth is not your everyday belt that holds up your jeans. He said the belt is actually a belt. Roman soldiers would have known that it's a belt that goes over your body and goes across your body and holds everything together. Right. Because who here knows that when you don't have truth in your life after a while, everything seems to fall apart. So today what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about the shoes of peace and the shield of faith, the shoes of peace and the shield of So if you guys will turn with me to Ephesians 6, verses 15 through 16. And as you're getting there, I just want to remind you, the reason why we need to put on the armor of God is because you have a real enemy out there who wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. He wants to take away God's purpose from your life. He wants you to believe the lies that he tells you. But here's what I want to tell you, that truth, that belt of truth. Listen, you're a masterpiece. You are one of one. There will never be an other. Do you know that you have a unique fingerprint? Here's the thing. God intended for you to be here. God could have placed you in any time in history, but he placed you right here, right now. And there's a problem in the world today that shouldn't be here when you leave. God was intentional when he designed you. See, even if your parents didn't plan you, guess what? God did. So I just want to remind you in this room today, if the enemy's been telling you that you have no purpose, that you were a mistake, that God is not doing something through your life, I just want to remind you of the truth of God. And here's the truth. He made you on purpose for purpose. And if you woke up this morning, he's not done with you yet. Amen? All right. So now let's get into Ephesians 6, 15, 16. It says this, for shoes... Put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. And in addition to all of these, hold up your shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. It says, hold up your shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. And the title of my message today is, hold up, keep moving. Come on, turn to your neighbor tell him, hold up. Okay, that wouldn't hold. I wouldn't even stop on that one. Come on, we're going to do that again. Turn to your neighbor, tell him, hold up. Now turn to your second choice, tell him, keep moving. So here's what we want to do today. We're going to remember that we need to hold up the shield of faith, and we need to keep moving in faith. So my title is, Hold Up, Keep Moving. Let me ask you a question, Open Door Church. Have you ever had a hold up moment? Do y'all know what a hold up moment is? It's that moment where you're like, hold up. Did I just get fired? Wait, hold up. Did they just break up with me? Hold up. Did that business that, that I created just, just fall apart? 
Did the person that told me they would spend the rest of their life with me just leave? Hold up. In those moments, we need to hold up, right? Hold up the shield of faith. Because what it does is the shield of faith actually protects you. Because what you need to know is at that moment, you have a choice. At that moment, you have a choice. You can let that situation refine you or you can let the situation define you. So you can let that situation make you bitter or you can let that situation make you better. See, you can be bitter that the person left. And you can start looking internally and dwelling on, well, maybe they left because I'm not that smart or I'm not that good looking or I'm not tall enough. I'm not. You, you, you can dwell on that. Or, turn to your neighbor say, or, come on, I'm going to make y'all talk to each other today. If nothing else, you're going to make a friend before you leave church. Amen? Y'all going to know somebody. So turn to your neighbor say, or, or you can hold up your shield of faith and believe that God has somebody better for you and keep moving forward. Amen? You can be bitter that you got fired. And you can dwell on why. Well, I guess when they said I started at 9, it really was 9, not 9.30. Maybe I should have started showing up on time. Maybe I should stop taking money from the register. I don't know. I don't know why they fired me. I think they just had a law. You can sit there and dwell on why. Or, turn to your neighbor and say, or... You can hold up your shield of faith and keep moving, trusting and believing that God has something better for you. You can sit around and dwell on why the business didn't work. And sometimes when our businesses don't work out, guess what? It actually stops us. That's what the enemy wants, by the way. He wants to stop you. So, so it actually stops us to where next time you want to launch a business, what is the devil going to remind you of? I remember the last time you failed. This might not be such a great idea. Maybe you are not a business owner. You should not. You can listen to that, or, I'm not going to make you say it to the other person, I'll, I'll keep that one. Or, you can hold up your shield of faith, and you can believe that maybe God taught you something in the business that didn't work, that's going to help you in the business that will work. Amen? Come on, you need to hold up your shield of faith and keep moving forward. So come on, you have a choice. You can either pick up your shield of faith and move forward in faith, or... You can live in fear. And see, Dr. Martin Luther King puts it like this. He says, if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But by all means, do whatever you can to keep moving forward. The devil wants to stop you, but God wants you to keep moving forward with your shoes of peace and your shield of faith. So today I want to focus on a story in the Bible it's found in the book of Acts, and it's, it's, it's Paul, and you'll see Paul holding up his shield of faith as he continues to move into God's purpose for his life. But here's the thing, Christians, sometimes as Christians, here's what happens. You'll believe that God called you to start that business. You'll believe that God called you to move to Minnesota. And by the way, you have to be called to move here because that weather, whoo, right? You believe he called you to move. You believe that God called you to get into that relationship. But as soon as opposition comes, as soon as an obstacle comes, as soon as it gets hard, you start to question. See, it's just like Adam and Eve, as Pastor talked about last week, where that doubt gets planted. The devil's going to come to you and he's going to whisper in your ear and he's going to say, did did God really say? Did did God really say to start that business? Come on, did God really say to get into that relationship? 
Come on, did God really say to move to that place? Come on, you know what it is for you. Did, did God really tell you to homeschool those kids? Come on, did God really tell you to send those kids to that school? Did, did God really tell you to adopt those kids? Did God really tell you to take that step? Because if he did, why would it be so hard? Come on, anybody in here, if you're married or you've gone through anything, you know that sometimes life can be hard. Did God really say? See, what I've learned is confusion causes frustration. And if the devil can get you to just continue to doubt what God says and continue to question yourself, hey, am I moving in the right? Am I doing the right? Am I raising my... If he can get... You will be frustrated the rest of your life trying to figure out if you're doing it right. God doesn't want you to live in that confusion God says, I want you to trust my word. See, the enemy wants to stop you with confusion, but God, through his word and his truth, wants you to keep moving forward. Here's what you need to know. Opposition puts you in position to defeat the devil. Come on. Opposition puts you in position to defeat the devil. So whatever you're walking through and the devil's trying to stop you, God wants to use that for his purpose and his glory. So let's look at Acts 27, the story of Paul together. And as you're turning to Acts 27, verses 21 through 26, I'm going to preface the story with this. So Paul is on his way to Rome, okay, as a prisoner. And as they're heading to Rome, Paul says, hey, don't go this way, go that way. What you need to know is Paul is also a prisoner. Most captains don't listen to prisoners, right? So here they are, and they're on their way, and they hit a storm. And while they're in this storm now, they're throwing over cargo. They're throwing over things because they're like, hey, we're going to shipwreck. We need to get rid of all of this stuff. And this is where we pick up with the Apostle Paul on Acts 27, verses 21. He says, no one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left creed. Come on, everybody loves somebody who says, I told you so. Come on, turn to your neighbor and tell them, I told you. I told you we shouldn't have left. I told you we shouldn't have went. Right? Come on, I love Paul. Paul says, I told you we shouldn't have went. He said, you, should have, you would have avoided all this damage and loss. But take courage. See, none of you will lose your lives. Even though the ship will go down, for last night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. And he said, don't be afraid. Come on, sometimes that's what we need to hear. Hey, don't be afraid. He said, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted you safety or granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe God, and it will be just like he said, but, there's always a but, but we will be shipwrecked on some island, okay? What I want you to see here is that Paul says, for I believe God, and it will be just as he said. Let me ask you a question, church. Right now, are you believing what God said about you and to you? Or are you listening to the situation that you can see? Come on, this is the reason why we need faith. See, it said that Paul actually had faith in what he couldn't see. They're in the middle of a storm. He's like, here's the thing, guys. Hey, we're we're in a storm. The ship's about to go down. But none of us are going to lose our lives. Why? Because I believe what God said over what I can see. 
Paul says, here's the thing. The ship's not going to make it, but you will. Come on, turn to your neighbor, tell him the ship's not going to make it. But you will. Amen. All right, let's say that one more time. I could barely hear some of you guys. Come on, say the ship's not going to make it. But you will. Come on, and today I want to look at two ships that we tend to lose in today's society. Number one is relationships. Okay? Some of us right now are walking through a really tough relationship. Or we're walking through a really tough breakup. And here's the thing. God wants you to know this. Hey, the ship may not make it. That relationship may not make it. But you will. But you will. Some of us, it's ownership. Right? Maybe it's ownership of something that you're losing. Maybe it's a business that you owned. Maybe it's a thing that you own that you're starting to lose in this season. And you're like, God, why am I losing this? And God is turning to you and he's saying, here's the thing, guys. That ship was never meant to be in your life forever. That ship is actually called to lead you to a place in this season. And here's the thing. Even though that thing that you have ownership of is not going to make it, guess what? You will. You will. The ship's not going to make it, but you will. So literally, they're in the process of watching their ship get destroyed, and people are holding on to pieces of the ship to get to shore. And that's what it says right here in Acts 27, 44. It says, The others held on to planks or debris from the broken ship, so everyone escaped safely to shore. See, church, sometimes it's the broken pieces It's the broken pieces from the last relationship. It's the broken pieces from the last business that carry you into God's promise. Sometimes it's what you learn from that relationship that didn't succeed that gives you what you need in the relationship that will succeed. Sometimes it's what you learn from the business that didn't succeed that gives you what you need for the next relationship or the next business that you're going to run. See, don't despise broken pieces because sometimes it's those very pieces that will carry you into God's purpose. You need to hold up and keep moving. So Acts 28, verses 1 through 6 says this. Once we were safe on shore, we learned that we were on the island of Malta. The people of the island were very kind to us. It was cold and rainy, so they built a fire on shore to welcome us. As Paul gathered an armful of sticks and was laying them on the fire, a poisonous snake, driven out by the heat, bit him on the hand. And the people of the island saw it hanging from his hand and said to each other, A murderer, no doubt. Though he escaped the sea, justice will not permit him to live. But Paul shook off the snake. Come on, turn to your neighbor, Tom, shake it off. Come on, turn to your neighbor, Tom, shake it off. Come on. And so it's so funny because sometimes when we think about a snake biting our hand, you feel like maybe he bit his hand and then Paul did. No, no. The Bible actually said that the snake latched himself onto Paul's hand and Paul shook that snake off. Come on. What kind of faith does it take to get bitten and latched on by a poisonous snake and to shake it off? It says Paul shook off the snake into the fire and was unharmed. It says the people waited for him to swell up or suddenly drop dead. But when they had waited a long time and saw that he wasn't harmed, they changed their minds and decided he was a God. Come on. People will change their mind about you, won't they? One minute you're the devil, next minute you're a God. Here's the thing. You don't need to pay attention to what people say about you 
Just believe what God said about you. Amen? Come on, you can't lean on what they're saying because one minute you'll be the devil, next minute you'll be a God. Who knows what they'll call you next minute? Some people need to find the freedom right here today of letting go what somebody said about them because some of us are still living based on a lie or a curse that somebody spoke over us years ago, a word curse. Somebody called you a name. Until this day, you still think that you're that person. But what you need to do is what Paul did. You need to shake it off. You need to believe that you're not worthless. You need to believe that you're not a mistake. You need to believe that you are good enough. You need to shake off whatever that lie is. Shake it off. Next, Acts 28, 7 says this. Near the shore, where we landed, was an estate belonging to Publius, the chief official of the island. By the way, church, if you're looking for a good, unique baby name, Publius is still available. And I just want to tell you that if you're ever lost at a theme park and you lose your child and you yell out Publius, a lot of kids ain't going to turn around. This is actually a really good name. So just letting you know, if you're about to have a child, Publius, think about it. Okay? So Publius welcomed us and treated us kindly for three days. I think it's interesting that it's three days. It says, as it happened, Publius' father was ill with fever and dysentery. But Paul went in and prayed for him, and laying his hands on him, he healed him. Then all of the other sick people on the island came and were healed. And as a result, we were showered with honors. And when the time came to sail, people supplied us with everything we would need for the trip. Here's what I need you to know, church. I believe every single person in here has a Rome that they need to get to. I believe every single person in here has this place that God had already designed and ordered for you to be before you were ever born. There's this Rome that you need to get to. And although the ship that you thought was going to carry you to that place won't make it, you will. See, sometimes the thing, I thought I was going to get there through this business, or I thought I was going to get there through this way, even though that ship won't make it, you will. Turn to your neighbor, Tom, you're going to make it. Come on, turn to your other neighbor, Tom. You're going to make it. Guys, I'm not even going to believe I'm going to make it to the end of this service if y'all treat me like that. Come on, you got to tell you're going to make it. Try to tell him again, you're going to make it. Come on, tell him one more time, you're going to make it. Come on, somebody in this room needed to hear they're going to make it. Because this morning they told themselves, I don't think I can anymore. I don't think I will anymore. I don't know if God is even in my life anymore. And they needed to hear somebody tell them today, guess what? I don't know what you're going through today, but you're going to make it. See, here's the thing. Sometimes the setback in your life is a set up for God's glory. Come on, it was intentional that, that, that Paul was on that island. He needed to make it to Malta. Why? Because if Paul was never on Malta, he would have never got bit by the snake. And if he would have never got bit by the snake, he would have never received an invite to Publius' house. And if he never made it to Publius' house, he would have never healed Publius' father. If he never healed Publius' father, then he would have never healed all the people on that island. And if he would have never healed those people on that island, those people would have never gotten to know God. He had to be there because he was there. A whole island got to know who our Father in Heaven is. Right? Come on. You had to be there. Some of you are stuck on Malta right now. You're stuck in a place where you're like, God, I don't know why I'm here. God, I don't know why that happened. God, I don't know where I'm going. And God says, but do you have enough faith to shake off the snake, pick up your shield of faith, 
Put on your shoes of peace and keep walking in obedience and trust me and shake the snake off and continue to bring my word to people. Let your story and your testimony be what brings people to Jesus. He had to be on Malta and you have to be on Malta. I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what your Malta looks like. But here's what I know is that God is calling you to pick up your shield of faith, to put on your shoes of peace and to keep moving Forward. See, the devil wants nothing more than for you to believe his lies and believe that God has no plan and no purpose for you. But I want to declare today, not based on my own authority, but by the word of God, that God has a plan and a purpose for you. And no matter what you're going through today, you need to pick up your shield of faith and you need to keep moving forward. But how do you do that? How, how do you move forward in the middle of a storm? Come on, we've all been in storms before, right? How how do you move forward when you're going through a tough situation? Here's what I've learned. In order to move forward, you need to focus on your purpose, not the problem. Because see, whatever you focus on magnifies. And sometimes we're so focused on the problem and the bill that we're not going to be able to pay or the school we might not get into or whatever that is, that the problem starts to consume us and we start forgetting how big our God is. See, we need to stop telling, what is that saying? Telling our problems or our God how big our problems are. But we need to start telling our problems how big our God is, right? Come on, we need to stop focusing on the problem and start focusing on the purpose. And here's the thing, sometimes, guys, we don't know what the purpose is. Right? You may be walking through a storm and you're like, well, I don't know what purpose to focus on because I don't know what the purpose is. Here's the thing. If you don't know what the purpose is and you can't focus on a purpose then instead of focusing on a problem, focus on a person. Focus on Jesus. Focus on the author and perfecter of your faith. Focus on the one who gave it all up for you. Focus on the one who gave up everything so that you can live. If nothing else, he deserves you moving forward into your purpose. Amen? Because see, my family and I right now in this season, we've been walking through this season for a while, but we've had our hold-up moment where we need to hold up our shoes or our shield of faith and keep moving in our shoes of peace. See, many of you don't know this, but I I was actually born in France, right? And it's interesting because when I tell people that, I'm like, hey, guys, I was born in France. They're like, where are you from for real? You weren't born in France. I'm like, I don't know why I get that reaction. I'm like, this is what a French man looks like. I don't get why people are so confused. This is what, you know, either way. But I was born in France, and I came to the United States when I was seven years old. And when I came here, all right, I wasn't legal here. And for the past 31 years, my family, we've been working on getting me legal here. Years ago, my mother left and moved back to France. And then after several years, my mother tried to come back to visit, to which immigration said, hold up. Come on, that's not the good hold up, by the way. That was a different hold up. They said, hold up, ma'am. Um, last time we let you here on vacation, you stayed for 10 years. You overstayed your welcome. We ain't going to let you back in here just in case. And they sent her back to France, okay? So here's the thing. So my mother can't come here. And because of my legal situation, I can't leave this country. And here's the thing. So for many years, we applied and spent tens of thousands of dollars for immigration and everything else, trying to get a green card, trying to get legal. wasn't working. About 10 years ago, they came up with a, with a program called DACA. And DACA is for people who came here as a child that had no say in it, right? I mean, I was seven years old. It's not like a good, mom, we're not going to America. I was seven, right? 
So he created this program and said, if you came here as a child, we're going to give you the ability to live and work here. We're not going to make you legal, but you can apply to be legal, but you can at least live and work here. So 10 years ago, I filed for that. And every two years, I have to refile. And then years ago, I got married to my wife. And, and then so now we were going to apply for the green card because when you're married, it can happen, right? But I don't want to get married for the wrong reasons. So I waited. And so I got married to my beautiful wife. And so we applied for my immigration papers. And then COVID happened. Everything shut down, slowed down. We were in the process forever. And in the midst of that, my mother got really sick in France. And my mother was in a coma for three weeks. And while she was in that coma, the doctors called me and said, your mother has hours to live. And I remember feeling so helpless and hopeless. Because I'm like, man, I haven't seen my mother in 20 years. I've been wanting to see my mother. She can't come here. I can't go there. And here I am in the midst of this storm. And I'm like, God, don't take her away. She's my only parent. I don't know. My dad never met him. Don't know nothing about him. I got one parent. God, can you make a way? I remember I was so desperate in prayer at that time that I walked around our church seven times like the walls of Jericho. I said, I don't know if it's going to work, but I'm going to try it anyway because I'm desperate right now. God, whatever, whatever I need to do, could you just save my mother? I just want to let you guys know. God answered that prayer, and my mother was spared, and she was saved. So my mother's still alive today, and, and it's a blessing. It really is. I'm, I'm so grateful. But there's still an issue that I still can't get to her, and she still can't get to me, right? So February of this year, my wife and I received a letter, and I'm like, hey, here we go. Okay, the government, finally, after 31 years, we made it, right? I opened the letter, and it said, we've denied your application, and you have 33 days to leave the United States. Now, come on, y'all. Now, I've got, it's one thing to get an eviction notice from a house. I got evicted from America. Come on, how do you do that? You know what I'm saying? It's like they gave me 33 days to pack up and leave. I'm like, come on, seriously? Could you imagine? Talk about a hold up moment. Hold up. Hold up. God, I've been serving you and pastoring and leading and like, what? why me, God? Hold up. And sometimes I got to tell you, you get hit with something so hard that while you're holding up your shield, it starts to fall because that blow was so hard. And so I started losing faith. And so that night, those fiery arrows, that's why we need the armor of God. Those fiery arrows started to come in and I started believing the enemy. And I started believing, man, everything I've worked for here is ruined. I got to move back to France. My wife and my kids don't even know the language. I failed as a father. I should have taught them French when they were little so that they could know in case this happened, right? But here we are and I'm overwhelmed with these thoughts of fear. Come on, you ever been overwhelmed with thoughts of fear? You just don't know what's going to happen. I was in fear, and that night I went to sleep. And I just want to tell you guys, that's why it says his mercies are renewed daily. Sometimes all you need is sleep. Even with Elijah, right? He's like, hey, eat and sleep. Eat. Sometimes we just need to rest. And so I woke up that next morning with renewed mercy, and I said, God, I'm not here for me. I'm here for you. And I don't know what to expect. I don't know what's going to happen. But here's the thing, God. I trust you, right? And then on my way to work that morning as I was driving, a friend of mine actually called and said, hey, how are you doing? I said, man, I'm doing good. He's just like, uh, how are you doing really? Because, you know, sometimes, do you guys have this problem too of when people ask you how you're doing, you just say good. You ain't even think about the question. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you really doing? Oh, well, since you're asking. And so I told him what was going on. And so that week, 
my, uh, our lead pastor of our church, his mother was sick. And so he was at the hospital. He's like, hey, man, I know short notice. Can you preach at the church this Sunday? And I called my wife, and I'm like, honey, I don't know. It's short notice. We have so much going on. But I feel like maybe God has called me to share what we're walking through. And she's like, I felt the same thing. And I said, here's the thing, though. We're going to be talking to thousands of people. I don't know if it's wise to tell thousands of people you're not legal here. One might work for immigration. (laughs) I'm just saying, right? I told you the fear started to come in. The shield was down, right? And she's like, but we're going to have faith and we're going to do it. So I get up on that stage that weekend and I preach a message called faith it till you make it. Not fake it till you. We ain't fake around here. Faith it. We're going to believe it until we make it. I don't know what's going to happen right now. I could be sent away in 30 days, but I'm going to believe God's word over what I can see. And I remember preaching that message, and then we had somebody, that same friend that had called me from the church, and he said, hey, here's the thing. I've got some great attorneys. And he spent like $20,000 on attorneys to get me back in the process of immigration. Come on, your church family, I need to get to know each other. And you need to lean in because you never know who in this room is going to be the person God sends to help you when you need it the most, right? So he went, and we did all the lawyer stuff. And, and so here we are in the process right now, and I'm still waiting to hear back from immigration, but... My mother, we're celebrating her 70th birthday, October 13th. And here's the thing, guys. I haven't seen my mother in 20 years. And my hope and my heart is that on October 13th, I'm going to introduce my wife and my kids to my mother. And I'm going to give her a hug. I'm going to spend time with her. And it's going to be awesome. And here's the thing, guys. I have so much faith. Now, mind you, this has been 31 years. I got about three weeks to make this work. 31 years. I've got about three weeks. The problem is not me going to France. The problem is me coming back, okay? I can go wherever I want. I just can't come back if I leave, right? So I told my attorneys, I'm like, guys, seriously, um, what can we do? What do I need to write? What do I need to do? They're like, here's the thing, Junior. If you go, you can't come back for at least four years. Okay. So here we are. Three weeks, 31-year battle. And guess what I did, y'all? I bought a plane ticket. Come on, I believe in faith that God is going to fix this. So I bought a plane ticket for me and for my family. Now, don't get me wrong. I got the insurance on the ticket, okay? Because wasn't there a song called Blessed Insurance? Or was it Blessed Assurance? I don't know. Either way, there was a song with Blessed, and I just thought I need to get insurance on this, so I got the insurance. But not because I don't think I'm going to make it. I truly believe that I am. But can I just tell you guys something? Even if he doesn't. Even if he doesn't, I'm still going to trust and love and follow God because I know that his ways are better than my ways. His thoughts are better than my thoughts. His plan is better than my plan. So even though I'm longing October 13th to be eating chocolate croissants at the Eiffel Tower with my family, because you know how the enemy lies to you, right? Like the first thought that came to my mind was this. My whole family is going to be in France eating croissants. Uh, They're going to have a convertible. The wind's going to be blowing in their hair. They're going to be at the Eiffel Tower having fun. I'm going to be at home and my boxers eating Cheetos depressed. That's all I kept thinking about. But I realized, and that's the devil, because he wants me to live in fear. He wants me to live in depression. And here's what I chose to do, guys. I said, no matter what the outcome, I'm going to believe. Why? Because right now I'm here and I'm excited. You know why? Just based on the hope that I can make it. But even if I don't, but even if I don't, I'm still going to trust God. My friend called me up and said, Junior, what are you doing October 15th? I said, hopefully eating croissants with my family in France. 
I said, wow, what's up? He's like, here's the thing, man. We have this prom that they do for these terminal kids. And, you know, these kids are sick and they're terminal. And so we're going to have a red carpet for them and they're going to get dressed up and we're going to have just this big party for them. And so I told God, I said, God, here's the thing. I'm believing this in faith. I said, if I'm not at the terminal with my family heading to France, I'm going to be at that terminal party with these kids and all of them are getting healed. Just like Paul did on that island with Publius. Everybody I said, listen, if you don't allow me to be there, you have a better purpose. And I think this is the thing, church, is sometimes the reason why we struggle is because whatever we're walking through, we don't believe that God actually has something better. And here's what I need you to do. I need you to choose to pick up your shield of faith. I need you to start choosing that your Father in heaven has a good plan for your life, that he loves you, that he's for you, and that whether you make it to France, whether you make it to wherever it is, that God's provision, God's favor, God's love is all on your life, and it's going to be okay. So today, I'm not even tripping. I'm excited. Whether I go or I don't go, please pray that I go, but whether I go or I don't go, I'm still going to be excited. Why? Because what if, if I don't, and if I start believing that he won't, what do you think my day's going to look like today? Guys, you need to hold up your shield of faith. You need to put on your shoes of peace and you need to keep moving forward towards what God is doing in your life. And you need to trust him over what you can see. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every single person in this room. God, I thank you because you have a purpose. You have a plan for every single individual that's sitting in this room, Father God. But Lord, right now they have some people in this room right now who feel like they're on Malta. God, they find themselves on this island, Father God, shipwrecked, and they have no idea why they're there. They have no idea what they're doing there, God, and they're asking you, Lord, why? Why am I on Malta? Why did this happen? Why did they leave me? Why did this fail? But God, you want to let them know, here's the thing, I want you to change your perspective on Malta. I want you to start realizing that I have you on Malta for a reason in this season. And the thing is that I'm actually going to get glory from the breakthrough and the success that you're going to have on Malta. If you choose to walk with your shield of faith and the shoes of peace. So, Lord, I just pray right now in Jesus mighty name that whatever lie the devil's been telling them over the past few days, weeks, months, or even years, that we would rebuke Satan right now in Jesus' name, and they would no longer believe the lie, but that they would turn to your word for truth. And that truth, Father, as you say in your word, would set them free. God, get them excited again about life. Let them know that you have a purpose. I don't know what Malta they're on, but here's the thing. I know that the God that sends the winds and the waves, the God that can help him shake off a snake bite, the God that is over their lives and our lives is the same God who can make all of these things work together for our good, as you say in your word. So God, give us peace today. Give us strength today. Give us endurance today and help us to hold up our shields of faith and keep moving forward in peace. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much. So as last thought, here's what I want you guys to do, church. This week, when the enemy attacks you, which he will, Jesus says, in this life you will have trials and troubles in this life. But take heart, I've overcome the world. So when the enemy attacks you this week, I want you to say, hold up. up. Right. Hold up. Okay, so we're going to practice together now just to get you ready for this week. I'm going to say when the enemy attacks you, you're going to say, and I'm pointing, you're going to say, hold up. Use the hand motion too. It sticks with you when you do that. You know what I mean? Like, 
Okay, you guys ready? So when the enemy attacks you this week, you're going to say what? Yeah, if I was the enemy, I'd keep attacking you. I need a little bit more. Say it with the chest. Say it with the chest. They ain't teach on the breastplate yet. We will. Let's try that again. You ready? Come on. I need y'all to say it. For, the enemy's not afraid to attack you. I need y'all to really push back and hold up. Right? Come on. You ready? Okay, when the enemy attacks you this week, you're going to say? Hold up. Amen. Okay, keep walking out in faith. Let's do one more song of worship. <laughs>